Amen. Thank you, young people. That's wonderful singing. Well, it's great to be at youth conference. That was weak sauce. It's great to be at youth conference. Well, I'm glad that I'm here. Please turn. Yeah, there we go. Somebody's motivated. Psycho. Yeah. Please turn to the word of God to the book of James. James chapter four in your Bible. I first came to youth conference when I was 13 years old, right here in Hammond. Yes, I know, you whistle. How long ago was that? 1981. Wow, that's a long time ago. And I'm 55 years old. I came when I was 13 years old. And God moved in my heart. And I am glad for the decisions that I've made at youth conference. And God did a lot of wonderful things as I would hear the preaching of the Word of God. I'm glad tonight I have my wife with me. She walked out with me somewhere. She's down here. My wife, Jay. And we live in New Jersey, the promised land. Yeah. And uh, who we got repping down there? I can't even see who's... Oh, the whole dingus crowd. Peoples, peoples. Good, 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 good. And uh, yeah, they know. that's New Jersey's where it's at. But anyway... Uh, we are glad to be here, and I get to serve there at the Solid Rock Baptist Church with my dad. Today's my dad's 78th birthday, and uh, I'm co-pastor there with him, and I've been there for 33 and a half years, 34 years in August, and been serving with him, and I have my wife. I have three daughters. Two of them got married. Now we have grandkids. Hallelujah. And that's awesome, too. And one more on the way. And then uh, my daughter, Melinda, is with us and praying that God would give her the right person to marry. And I appreciate being able to serve the Lord. It's good to serve the Lord. It's a privilege to serve the Lord. Tell the person next to you, say, it's a privilege to serve the Lord. And it's a great opportunity to be at youth conference. And so I want to make sure that we all get in tune with what the Lord wants to do here. Now here's reality. In a meeting like this, some of you have been walking with the Lord and doing right. Some of you maybe, you don't even know the Lord. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe your heart's cold. And then there's some people kind of in the middle. Wherever you're at with the Lord, please hear me. God wants to talk to you this week. God wants to speak to you. Now, some of you, when you came to youth conference today, didn't realize you're going to be in such a big building and uh, you're a little bit overwhelmed. We're here not to impress you, but we're here to hear from God. How many of you need to hear from God this week? You need something from the Lord? No doubt about it. We all need something from God. And I want the Lord to talk to you in your heart. And I've asked the Lord to show me what I was supposed to preach tonight. And I'll be quite honest with you, I didn't expect the Lord to lead me in the direction where he's leading, but I would rather follow him than create my own plan. And so I'm glad tonight that I have the word of God. Grab your Bible, hold it up in the air. Hold it up in the air. You got a Bible? I hope so. The Bible is the word of God. Would you say that with me? Hold it up. Don't come on now, blue team. Don't get weak here. Come on. Everybody together. The Bible is the word of God. Ready? The Bible is the Word of God. You can put them down. Now, when we're preaching up here, I want you to keep your Bible open. I want you to turn to every scripture. Stay off your phone. 
Come on now. Stay, that was for college students. Stay off your phone, tour group people. I'm watching down here, all right? Listen, stay off your phone and stay in your Bible. I'm not going to tell you you can't take notes, but I like you to have a pen to mark your Bible. Sometimes you take notes, you may not look at those again, but you'll definitely look at your Bible. Don't mark the wrong things in your Bible, but mark the right things in your Bible. And you need to learn it, you need to love it, you need to live it. That's what my dad's taught me, and I think it's important for you to learn the Bible, to love the Bible, to live the Bible. Now, if you're not used to turning to scriptures, you're going to have somebody next to you or near you who's going to help you. Now, some of you young people that have been in church your whole life, if you're with somebody new that's not used to turning into the scriptures, I want you to make sure that you're right with me. And we're going to go to several places tonight because I feel it's the way the Lord's leading us. Now, Brother Paul, he's going to preach in a little while, which is awesome. And he's a great preacher. And we've been given a lot of time to preach, so we're not rushing through it. Now, when you hear that, I don't want you to get nervous. Oh, man, we're going to... No, listen, the Bible's not boring. The Bible is the Word of God. Have you heard me say that already? The Bible is the Word of God. And I love the Bible. Turn around, tell the person behind you, say, I love the Bible. Yeah, come on. I love the Bible. Say, well, we all turned around. I know. Figure it out. I love the Bible. There's no book like the Bible. It's awesome. So I'm going to have a prayer here. And as I pray from the pulpit, I want you to pray in your heart that God would talk to you. And I don't want you to drift away. I want you to stay in tune. I want the Lord to give you what you need tonight. And we all need something. So let's pray. Father, I pray in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would move in this room right now. Lord, I pray you'd stir our hearts. Lord, I have no ability to change a heart, to change a life, but you do and your word does. And we pray that you would bind our adversary, the devil, and keep him off of this place. And dear Lord God, I pray that you would move and I pray you would help And I pray you do the work that needs to be done. Lord, I'm trusting your word tonight. And I pray you get me out of the way. And I pray, Lord, that the sweet spirit of God would be able to move in hearts. And we pray in Christ's precious and holy and wonderful name. And all God's young people said, Amen. Amen. James chapter 4. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? So we're talking about conflict here, conflict amongst people, conflicts between people and their flesh, lots of pride involved here. God's not happy about it all. He comes to verse 6 and says, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, 
and your joy to heaviness. Would you read verse 10 together with me out loud? Ready? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. One more time together. Ready? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. If it's your habit to mark or underline in your Bible, I'd like you to grab those two words that start this verse. And those two words are very simple. The Bible says, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. And that's going to be our main message tonight from this text of Scripture. Humble yourselves. As I pondered and prayed and asked God to show me what we were to preach from God's Word tonight. Young people, here's the thought the Lord put in my heart. To make your life count for eternity, you must live your life now with humility. Did you hear me? To have your life count for eternity, you must live your life now with humility. Humility oftentimes is a word that's underrated. I believe that. Humility is underrated, and we need to take a good look at it tonight from God's Word to understand what God is saying to us. Humble yourselves, notice the verse, is a command from God. It's a command from God. It's not just a suggestion. It's a command from God. Humble yourselves. That means you're to take it personally. I don't want you to think, well, I'll tell you what, the person down the end of the road, they really need that. No, no, we all need it tonight. We all need to ponder. We all need to consider what God's saying in our hearts tonight. He says, humble yourselves. It's a command from God. Please hear me. Humble yourselves is also a choice to be made. It's a choice to be made. Not everybody chooses to humble themselves, but everyone should choose to humble themselves. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. We need a revival of humility. If my people which are called by my name shall what? Talk to me. Humble themselves. Now think about it. We need revival. You said, Brother Ty, what's a revival? Revival is a revival. It's a refreshing. It's a repairing. It's a restoring. It's a renewing. It's a restarting. Brother Paul, he's written a book about revival and prayer in the context of revival. And, and we need in our nation a true revival. We need a stirring. We need God to do something in order to help our nation. Young people, listen to me tonight. Our nation's in trouble. And let me give you the reason why we're in so much trouble. It's our pride. It's our pride. Dr. Carl Laurent, back in the day, Brother John said this, every sin has its root in pride. Every sin has its root in pride. We look at the city of Sodom and we say, well, it was the Sodomites and that was their main issue and their filth and their uncleanness. And that was obviously a big part of their problem. But the Bible teaches that pride, pride was the main reason why Sodom was destroyed. Because every sin has its root in pride. And we have too much pride in our nation. God help us, we have too much pride in our churches. And we need to get rid of the pride. We need to make a choice 
to humble ourselves. As I've made mention, humility is underrated. When I say I'm preaching tonight on humility, that's not something that just makes you sit up straight and pay great attention. Now, if I said I'm preaching tonight on dating, you would, you, you'd all, look, some of you just looked up for the first time, right? Man, if I, if I said certain words, it just gets your attention. If I say pizza right now, just something about that word, those double Z's, it's just pizza, roller coaster. Come on, you feel the energy, right? I say humility, and it's kind of like, no, 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 no. Humility is a Bible word. Humility is an important word. And your life is never going to count for eternity unless you learn the importance of humility. God puts much emphasis in his word on this subject of humility. It's underrated. Humility is underrated, but pride is celebrated. In our land, we have this idea that it's a good thing to be proud. Now, I understand if somebody says about you, I'm proud of you. Um, and I appreciate that when somebody says that. I'm nobody, I'm nothing. Before we walked out here, Brother Eddie looked at me and said, Charlie, I'm proud of you. Why? Because he's older than I am, Brother Eddie's like, you know, he's, you know, man, I'm telling you. But anyway, I appreciate it. It was kind. It was a compliment. I understand what he was saying. But young people, listen. We are nothing in and of ourselves. Anything you are is because of the grace of God in your lives. Now listen, you need to understand how much you need God, and I need to understand how much we need God. All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. And we need God in this youth conference. Are you listening? Watch, come on, the bus ride, van ride, car ride, it's over, you're now here. All right? And if you miss dinner and you're starving, you're going to have to wait till later Get your mind off of dumb, unimportant things and get your mind on the Bible right now, all right? Tap the person in front of you and say, pay attention. Now, y'all are doing well, but get them anyway. There we go. Humble yourselves. Humility, please hear me, is seeing God for who he is and seeing ourselves for who we are. Humility is being lowly or modest, or meek, or submit it to God. Submit it to God. A spirit of meekness, a spirit of lowliness, a spirit of humility. These are things that are very, very important. Humility is knowing that outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are nothing. Humility is depending on the Lord. And we need to depend on the Lord for everything. Humility is when we're glorifying the Lord and not trying to glorify ourselves because He alone is worthy of praise. Colossians 1.18, that in all things He, Christ, might have the preeminence. He's to be the one in the spotlight. He's the one that's to be the focal point. He's the one that's to be high and lifted up. Are you listening? Humility is essential. Humility is important. Humility is foundational. You say, man, I, I love that song. I want my life to count for Jesus. I want your life to count for Jesus also. But for your life to count for Jesus, you have to remain in a spirit of humility. Our, pro our problem is not that we're too little for God to use. Our problem is that we're too big in our minds and in our spirit for God to use. 
And God resisteth the proud. We see that in verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. I'm sorry, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The Bible says in verse 6, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Now, please hear me. Pride is the opposite of humility. Everybody talk to me. What's the opposite of humility? Pride. Pride, all right? Blue team, you had a comeback there. That was strong. Sapphires, is that what we are? Wonderful. Pride is the opposite of humility. Satan is the author of pride. You remember what he said? I will be like the most high. Satan was impressed with himself. And here's what he did. He came to Eve and he tempted her. And here's what he told her. When you eat the fruit, ye shall be as gods. Ye shall be as gods. He made that appeal. Hey, you'll know more. You'll, you'll be as gods. You'll be a big shot. And Eve and Adam both bit into that pride, that fruit, and they brought sin into the world through their disobedience. So pride, the originator of pride, is the devil. And when we are proud, we are devilish. I said when we are proud, you say, I don't worship the devil. But please hear me, when we are proud, that is devilish. It's not spiritual. It doesn't honor God. It's something the devil wants us to be doing. Are you listening? The devil wants us to be filled with a spirit of pride. Pride is when we feel in our spirit that we're something. We're someone. We're important. Pride, watch, is when we have an internal self-applause. See, we can fool people. We can act like we're all humble and walk around and we're acting like we're humble. But on the inside, we could be thinking, man, I am the man. Come on, right? We could be up here preaching, God help us. We could be singing to our group. We could be leading in some form or fashion. You could be Mr. Youth Group out there or Miss Youth Group. And you can really on the outside make it look like you're humble. But on the inside, watch how subtle pride is. You can think, I am really something. Now, y'all need to adjust your halos because you're looking really spiritual right now like you don't know what I'm talking about. Pride is subtle. Pride is sneaky. Pride will wreck you. Pride will ruin you. Pride is when we think of ourselves, Romans 12, 3, more highly than we ought to think. More highly than we ought to think. You know, we like to do that. That pride slips in. Pride is when we think we're better than others. Who do you think you're better than? Pride is when we're impressed with ourselves. It's when we're puffed up. And at youth conference, it can really surface. Come on. Some of you girls have been planning your outfit for weeks now, right? And it's changed 10 different times and what you're going to do with your hair. And, you know, then it all went wrong because you fell asleep on the bus, right? So you're in the messy bun ministry right now. Come on. I raised three girls. I know all about this and how it rolls. And watch, you know, you can come in here and we're walking around a big crowd and lots of interesting people here. Yeah, come on now. And by the way, I'm for with whatever your youth pastor says. If it's, if it's we date or we betroth or we pick it for you, whatever your parents say. Yes, that's right. 
But here's the thought, right? You find some interest. We walk around here and we can kind of be, you know, looking around and thinking, man, I'll tell you what, I got to find a way to impress him or I've got to find a way to impress her. Young people, you know who we need to really be concerned about impressing? It's God. It's God. And I know you're young and I understand, but you've got to watch, please hear me, you've got to watch that spirit of pride that wants to rise up inside of you. Pride is when we're high-minded. Pride, watch, a form of pride is not depending on God. Not depending on God. I'm going to ask you a question. How much do you depend on God? You say, well, how would I know how much I depend on God? Okay, here's a simple question. Do you read your Bible every day? Because every day you go into your day and we don't take time to read the Word of God, basically what we're saying is, I can do it without the Bible. Do you pray? Do you pray? How often do you pray? How, how, how strongly do you pray? How much do you put your heart into it? People who don't pray, don't pray because they're proud. They don't think they need to pray. Pastor Wilkerson had us upstairs earlier and we had prayer time. And then before we walked out here, we had prayer time. And here in the service this evening, you're going to have prayer time. And there's been people that have been praying and some people that have been fasting and seeking God. You know why? We need God. Because if God doesn't do what needs to be done here, it ain't going to happen. And when we don't depend on God, it's because we don't think we need to. Pride is being unyielded to God. Let me ask you a question. What part of God's will are you choosing right now to follow? You're choosing not to follow. What, what part of it? Well, I'm pretty good because I'm at about 85%. You know, God wants all of our hearts. Not just some of it. He wants all of it. And pride is when we don't submit to God. Pride is poison. Pride is poison. Pride will wreck and ruin your Christian life. You say, what can I be proud about? Sometimes it's your physical strength, young man. Come on. I'm strong, man. Walk around, kind of, you know how it is. Just kind of, kind of, y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Just kind of got, they got the lifter walk, you know, and they're coming along there, right? And staring at their bikes. Come on. Sun's out, gun's out. That's January and they're walking around flexing. My young brother, let me just tell you something. It's the grace of God if you have physical strength. Yeah, I work out though. Well, it's God that gives you the strength to work out. How about athleticism? Yeah, man, I'll cross you up. I hope so. I'm 55. If you can't by now, you're struggling. <laughs> Actually, there's some of you I would not be afraid to play. But watch. Here's the thought. Man, you know, you're, you're Mr. Athlete. I, I'm not against athletes. I don't beat up on you for being an athlete. I hope you use it for God's glory as part of your story. But sometimes, if you're not careful, you're a great athlete. You know how they do it in the world, right? Come on. What they, they point at themselves, right? They do something great in the world's eyes athletically, and they make the point and make it about themselves. That's not for the Christian. Why else might you be proud? Well, maybe you're one of the older ones in the youth department. Seniors. Come on. I, you know, I know senior privilege. I get it. But you better be careful about that. Brother Clark, you mean that? Yeah, I do mean that. How about your good looks? Oh, yes, right? 
Come on now. Well, some people just tell me my eyes are, you know, just very pretty. Well, if you have pretty eyes, young lady, they were given to you by God. You had nothing to do with that. Amen. Come on now. And you guys are not pretty. All right. You may be handsome. Although from up here, I don't know, guys, what do you think? There's a lot of struggling. No, I'm only kidding. I won't be too mean. But listen, hey, some of you can't walk past a mirror without kind of backing up and, yeah, boy, and come on. Yeah, some of you just dying to point at some of the people in your youth department right now. We know who we are. Yeah, right? Good looks. Well, let me just say this. If you happen to be considered pretty, if you happen to be considered handsome, according to a lot of people's judgment, you were born that way. God decided that. Amen. Amen. You say, man, this is pretty plain. Yes, pretty plain. We'll bring it right to where you live. How about because you get great grades? There wasn't much of a ripple there, right? <laughs> you get great grades? Well, I work hard. I'm glad you do. I study. I'm glad you do. But God gave you the mind to be able to get those great grades. popularity, social media followers, personality, success in some form or fashion. Maybe you've got money or your family has money. Maybe you can style and profile. You've got the newest and the nicest. Maybe you speak well. Maybe you sing well. Maybe you're sharp. Maybe you're strong. Maybe God's giving you some degree of fruitfulness. Listen, young people, or spiritual success. Whatever it is that you are, that's a positive thing. It's all because of the grace of God in your life. I'm no better than the homeless person down the street here. It is simply the grace of God in my life and in your life that you sit where you sit tonight. Come on. You could be in a mosque. You could be in a Buddhist temple. Come on. It's the grace of God. So pride's a terrible thing. Now, we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 6. Are you there? Sword drill style. Get there quickly, quickly. You're doing well. You're doing great. I will end at my allotted time, but we're not rushing tonight, which I appreciate. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. And I want you to look in verse 16. We're talking about pride right now and how much God hates it. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Now, I don't know what you would put first on your list, but let's read together verse 17 what God put on his list. Ready? A proud look. Everybody, one more time. What's it say? A proud look. It doesn't even say a proud word. All it takes for God to hate it is a proud look. A proud look. God hates pride. Pride will destroy you. Look at Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. Come on, sword drill. Get there, get there, get there, get there. Proverbs 16. You don't even have to go far on this one. Proverbs 16 and verse 18. I just said pride will destroy you. Bible proof. Ready? Pride goeth before destruction, and in haughty spirit before a fall. You ought to mark that statement. Pride goeth before destruction. Pride will destroy you. Through the years, I've had so many friends that had their lives destroyed because of pride. 
Pride will destroy you. Now remember, pride starts in the heart. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. The heart of man is haughty. You know, it starts in the heart. Before it becomes that pride that fully destroys you, you get that haughtiness in your heart. Young people, you have to guard your heart. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. The heart's deceitful, Jeremiah 17, 9. And you've got to guard it. Look in Proverbs 16 and verse 5. Everyone that is, talk to me, proud in heart is a what? Abomination to the Lord. You know what? God can't stand it when we have pride in our heart. Now, if I came by right now, if I could scan these men, I had some scanner and a number would pop up on the screen. One to ten, ten being most proud, zero having no pride. And if I could come by with a scanner and I scan Brother Anthony, I wonder, Brother Collins, I wonder what number would pop up there. Now, I don't know. But here's the thing that should put the fear of God in us. God does know. God does know. I, Brother Paul, he's my friend. I believe he's a humble man of God. That's what I believe. But we are on the inside, humble or proud. Integrity, spiritual integrity, is really being on the inside what we portray to be on the outside. Did you hear me? Spiritual integrity is really being on the inside what we portray ourselves to be on the outside. And young people, listen to me. God knows what's in my heart. God knows what's in your heart. And God hates pride. We need to avoid pride like we had avoid the plague. It's an abomination to God. Proverbs 15, notice verse 25. God will judge it. God will judge it. Proverbs 15, 25. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud. He will destroy the house of the proud. We already looked in James 4, 6. God will resist the proud. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. There's only one that's worthy of praise. There's only one that's worthy of glory. There's only one who's worthy of honor, and that's our Lord. And look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 17. 2 Corinthians 10, 17. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Are you following? God is the one that puts the stamp of approval on me or on you, and much of that is according to the humility of spirit, because God's going to oppose the proud. God's going to resist the proud. God's not going to use the proud. How many of you want God to use you? Would you say amen? How many of you already, just from what you've seen tonight, you want your life to count for eternity? Would you say amen? Yeah. If you're serious about that, young people, you've got to be serious about getting pride out of your life and pursuing humility with all of your heart. And the Bible said, we read, humble yourselves. Have you made the choice to be humble? To humble yourself and before God. See, when it comes to humility, sometimes God has to humble us. That's never fun. Do you remember the story? Some of you do. Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible. Boy, he was the king. He was important. And before long, God had him out in the field eating grass like an animal. You know why? Watch. He got proud. 
And God had to humble him. Sometimes God does that. He'll step in. Sometimes other people will have to humble us. You remember when David sinned and Nathan the preacher, his friend came and said, David, thou art the man. And sometimes somebody will have to confront us and tell us that we're wrong in order to bring us to a place of humility. Sometimes other people will, through criticism, end up humbling us. I think of Shimei and David. Sometimes our own failures will just humble us. We'll set out to do whatever it is, and we'll end up being humble. But watch, I don't think it's God's intention the vast majority of the time for Him to have to humble us or use people to humble us, or let the wheels fall off so that we end up having to be humble. I believe with all of my heart, God wants us to make the choice to listen to what James 4.10 said, humble yourselves. And I want you to get that thought in your mind tonight. Make it personal. I have responsibility to humble myself before God. I want to make that choice tonight so that my life will count for eternity, I want to live with humility. Because God can't use, God won't use a proud person. Pride is so subtle, it creeps in. You say, man, this sounds important. It is. Let me give you another reason why. Go to Philippians chapter 2, please. I'll give you a big reason why humbling yourself is important. Philippians chapter 2, please note. Beginning in verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we're going to see how the Lord thought. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, talk to me these next three words, ready? He humbled himself. Do you see that? Did you mark it already? He humbled himself. Young people, listen to me. Humbling yourself is an opportunity to be Christ-like. Think about it. How many of you say, I'm a Christian? Would you say Amen. And to be a Christian means to be what? Christ-like. It means to be a Christ follower. Talk to me. A Christian means to be Christ-like. It means to be a Christ follower. Jesus himself, amazingly, he humbled himself. Question for you. Have you? Have you humbled yourself? You say, what do you mean by that? I'm saying this. You can't be a true Christian unless you humble yourself like Christ. Like Christ. I believe it's part of his pattern for us, part of his model for us, part of his example. Listen, come on, stay with me. You're doing great. Tell the person next to you, say, you're doing great listening. You're doing great. I'm not, I'm not here to yell at you. I, I just want you to stay with me. I'm, I promise. I'm, nobody's doing a bad job listening. Even back there, all the way back there, back there to my left. Are you, you all in the very back there, right? We've got new people coming in. Glad you made it. Glad you're here. Y'all are doing well back there. Listen, we need to ponder. You know what it means to muse, to think, let this sink in. Do you need this message? 
Do, do you personally, youth workers, do we, do we need this message? Do we need this message? Well, I'll, I'll testify, but God, I need this message. Because watch, pride is so subtle, Pastor Wilkerson, it'll just slip in. And here's what it does. It grieves the Holy Spirit. You know what that word grieves means? It saddens. I'll just be honest with you. I'm not here to impress you tonight. This is what God put on my heart. I'm not here to entertain you. And and I love preaching that entertains all the rest. I'm not against it. But here's my point. Listen, please hear me. Hey, right here in this room, we're not here to play. We came here to hear from God over these next few days. And God won't move and God won't stir and God won't do what God wants to do if we're full of pride. Because it grieves and quenches the Holy Spirit. Quenches. You say, what's that? It's like if I had a fire here and I pulled the pin on a fire extinguisher and those chemicals came out and just smothered the flame. You know, one type in the Bible, the Holy Spirit, he's a fire. He's a flame. Well, I tell you what, I want to sense the Lord. I want to feel the Lord burning my heart here. But I can just smother that flame with my pride. Pastor Wilkerson, nobody even else has to know it. Come on, nobody has to know it. It's so subtle, I can be looking like Mr. Humble. God knows my spirit, and I would grieve his Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus made himself of no reputation, what in the world are we doing trying to build ours? My dad gave that thought in preaching years ago, and that struck me. If the Lord Jesus Christ, who's King of kings and Lord of lords, he's the Alpha and the Omega, come on now, he's the beginning and the ending, he's eternal Lord Jesus Christ, he's the one and only, come on, there's nobody like our Jesus, made himself of no reputation. And we spend all of our time trying to build ours. Is that Christ-like? It's not. Hey, he humbled himself at his birth. Look in verse 7. He was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. Do you understand we're talking about eternal God took on flesh? The Lord Jesus Christ came to earth. God incarnate, he humbled himself at his birth by taking on human flesh. He humbled himself in his life. I've already referenced it, but he made himself of no reputation. Young people notice this and took upon him the form of a servant, the lowest job. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ took, the lowest job, the lowest position in his life. He lived humbly. And notice, he humbled himself at his death. Look in your scriptures there. Verse 8, and became obedient unto death, even the death of his cross. He followed his father's will. In the garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. I want to ask you a question. Is that your heartbeat? Senior who just graduated. And you've got your plans. Are your plans lined up with God's plans? Have you given God your plans? Have you said, God, not my will, 
but thy will be done. Have you said that? Have you ever fully surrendered your life? In the old auditorium, right up the block, 14 years old, I remember coming down the staircase and from the pulpit, it would be to the left, and I remember getting there, Brother John, at 14 years old, and bowing the knee and saying, Lord, whatever you want with my life, now, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, but I don't believe at 14, if I had told God no, that I'd have all the blessings of God that I enjoy right now. Come on. So I'm junior high. Junior high decisions are crucial. Junior high decisions are vital. By the way, youth workers, take junior high seriously. I know we make a lot of jokes about it, but I made big decisions when I was in junior high. Jesus humbled himself. And because of that, 9 and 10, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Wherefore, because he humbled himself, God exalted him. Is that correct? Go to James 4. Did you keep your marker? I didn't tell you to. If you did, you were really smart. If not, we're back there. James chapter 4. You're doing well. And verse 10, here we go again. James chapter 4 and verse 10. The first two words in that verse said what to us? Humble yourselves. Notice what it says next, in the sight of the Lord. In the sight of the Lord. Now, I've already referenced it. Only God knows if we're truly humble, but I want you to think about it again. What does God see when God sees you? 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. God's looking for a place he can work. Hey, watch this. More than we want to see God work here tonight, God wants to work here tonight. Youth leaders, we can have revival. Please hear me. I love to read church history. I love to study church history. But watch this, youth workers. This is our page in church history. And I don't mean in a proud or an arrogant way. I want our page to be strong, but for the glory of God. Hey, young people, God's not sick tonight. God's not, well, it's 2023, you know, and I think we ought to just bunker down to the rapture. Hey, go in business. Occupy till I come. Do the work of the local church. He's still calling out a people for his name. By the way, you youth leaders, these young people, they can listen to this type of preaching. You, come on, they, they're fine. They're, I know I haven't told funny stories or done anything yet. Y'all are listening well. I'm saying, listen, hey, our country's a mess, and our churches need revival, and we need to get serious. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded. Hey, I'm not here to play tonight. These men on the platform, we're not here to play tonight. There's a devil, and he's pulling people into hell, and we need to think about this idea of eternity, and your life will not count for eternity, and Unless you learn to get some humility. It just won't happen. Because God's not going to share his glory. He's not going to share it. Not with me, not with you. I don't care about your talents, your gift set, how well you can do this, that, and the other. I've seen plenty of people come and plenty of people go that had much more talent than me or people up here on this platform. But you let me tell you something. Pride will pull you down. It's a matter of time. Is your heart submitted to God? Some of you, well, you were made to come to youth conference. Oh, you cooperate with whatever stuff because, you know, you stay in a hotel, you get to eat pizza, you do whatever you do. But there are some of you, listen, your heart's not surrendered to God. That's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be. 
Come on. Be humble. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. That means this, God's watching. Here's the great part. Notice verse 10 again. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And what will happen? He shall lift you up. You say, hold on, I'm confused. I thought we didn't want to be lifted up. Watch, there's a difference between you lifting yourself up and letting God lift you up. You know what the difference is? When your heart is to glorify God, God can lift up your life, and it means this, to use it for His glory, to use it for His honor, to use it for His purposes, so that your life really counts. Question, don't you know the verse that says, for what shall profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Right? So watch, the things this world lives for, they don't really matter. But living for eternity in the context of living for God, it really does matter. And if you will humble yourselves, you'll make that choice if you'll obey that command. God is watching. Hey, I said, God, you said, well, nobody even knows I exist. I remember youth conference the first year, Brother Eddie. There was thousands of young people there. I was 13 years old. I spent the whole week, seventh grade, walking around. I, I had, my father moved back to New Jersey. He hadn't even started the church yet. We had left the church where we had been before. We went down to Brother Roloff's. My dad worked in the ministry for one school year there. We come back that summer. I'm a seventh grader which is not to offend you seventh graders. It can be awkward. I was. And I'm there at youth conference all week long, and I was the only person there. A different church had brought me. There was one other boy with that group, and he was chasing girls the whole time. So I spent the week walking around like I was going somewhere to meet somebody. And Brother Scott, I had no one to meet. All you girls, come on now. Oh, oh. I mean, I walked around. I was lonely at youth conference. Nobody knew I was here. And you might be sitting here tonight thinking, nobody knows I even exist. Barely. God does. And God wants to use you. Come on now, listen to me. God wants to use you. You say, I don't come from a Christian home. God's got a plan for your life. I come from a Christian home. My parents, they dot I's, cross T's. I've been raised up in church from the time I was in my mother's womb. God's got a plan for your life. Come on now. You say, I'm the one-talent person. God's got a plan. I'm the five-talent person. God's got a plan. God wants to use you. God is watching. But he can't use a proud person. He'd have to go against his word to do that. And it's not going to happen. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. It's when he gives you influence and fruit for his glory. Our man, and I can't remember the name. Forgive me, Brother Abdel. Right in eternity. Arthur Stace. Sydney Harbor Bridge had eternity written on it. Y'all know Sydney Harbor Bridge? Australia, they go into the new year before us. And you always see the fireworks there and it's lit up. Sydney Harbor Bridge. He didn't expect, I've actually climbed across Sydney Harbor Bridge legally. And you can do bridge climb and I've done it. But to think about it, listen, you've got a man who at one point was a homeless alcoholic who ultimately what he gave his life to was written in lights. You know what that is? It's God taking somebody who's a nobody and doing something with his life because God is a somebody. Are you humble? Listen, I'm talking to you, some of you young people raised up in church and you really would like your life to count for God but you're not dependent on them the way that you should. Too often you run in your own strength. 
You got a little bit of that inner self-applause going. I didn't even say a lot. I said, you got a little bit of that inner self-applause going. And that root of pride can just wreck your life. Because he wants you to make the choice to humble yourself. We're doing well and we're fine on time. I promise I'm not going over. They gave me a lot of time. <laughs> verse four, uh, chapter four, verse 10, quickly. God lifting you up is where God allows your life to count for something eternal. And it's the way of God using you for his purpose. You remember John the Baptist? How many of you remember John the Baptist? John 3.30. Give me a young man. Just jump up and say it real loud. John 3.30. Stand up real loud. He must increase, but I must what? Decrease. I appreciate you standing. He... The Lord Jesus Christ must increase, but I must decrease. I want my life to count for Jesus. Okay, here's what the world says. Be a climber. Go up higher. To go higher, watch, get lower. Less of you, more of Jesus. I'm talking about where he has the preeminence, truly. You're doing well. 1 Peter 5. I want you to see it again. Quick, quickly. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. And verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. Here's what the Bible says. You might want to mark this. You might want to write James 4.10 next to this verse. For those of you who like to cross-reference. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6. Together out loud. Ready? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. First two words together out loud, humble yourselves. Have you seen that before tonight? Right? Humble yourselves, therefore, where? Under the mighty hand of God. God's hand is mighty. God wants us to make the choice to come under to the mighty hand of God. Why? That he may exalt you in due time so that he can do something with your life that will give him the glory. I mentioned at 14 years old, I surrendered my life to God. At 15 years old, God was knocking on the door of my heart about preaching the word of God. I didn't like to get up and have a microphone in hand. I wasn't trying to be something. But at 15 years old, Brother Dwight Tomlinson was preaching. And at our church, and we were just a little startup church, but I surrendered my life to be a preacher of the gospel. I was 15 years old. This coming October, God willing, it'd be 40 years preaching. Time flies. And you're sitting here thinking, well, I don't know if I could ever preach the word of God. Young people, listen to me. You young man, if God wants you to be a preacher, you need to be surrendered to what God wants. So I'm not sure. Then you ought to be in the place where if God wants to call you, that you'll know that he did. God doesn't call proud people. God's looking for humble people that he can use. So we've got to humble ourselves. Everybody good? What's our two words? Talk to me. Humble. One more time. Everybody help me. Humble yourselves. So that's our choice for tonight. I won't belabor this. Let me give you a couple of practical things real quickly. I'll just run through them. We humble ourselves. I believe one way is by meditating in the word of God. By meditating in the word of God. Watch, this is God's word. And if you spend time in the word of God, you'll have a humble spirit. I believe that. And if you don't spend any time in the word of God, you're going to have a proud spirit. Come on. So that's real simple. If I walked up to you right now, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, what's the number that describes your Bible reading? You give me a 3, you're struggling. You say, what are you struggling with? Pride. Pride. 
The Bible will make you humble. We humble ourselves by spending time in prayer. James 4, 8, draw nigh to God, talk to me, and he will draw nigh to you by spending time in prayer. Prayer is our acknowledging that we need God. Tour group singers this week need to be praying. God use us, God use us, God use us. David said, Psalm 35, 13, I humble my soul with fasting. I humble my soul with fasting. Brother Chai, are you really telling me First message at youth conference on Tuesday night, we're going to preach about fasting. Absolutely. You're old enough. Look at me. Hey, watch. You serious about your Christian life? You're serious about your Christian life? You have a senior that just graduated. You're going to tell me what you're going to do here coming up next month and into September, and you haven't taken one day of your life to turn over the plate in order to emphasize prayer? You say, I've never thought about that. Well, you need to. Because God honors fasting. And we don't talk about it anymore. And it's one reason why we don't see revival. Because we don't have young people being taught to be serious about God. Hey, get serious about God. You know what fasting will do? It'll bring you lower. God chose it. I didn't invent it. I would never have invented it. But God did. You know what it does? Watch, watch. It weakens you. Now, if your fast is only from breakfast when you ate it up until lunch and that was it, you're not going to feel too weak in the knees. But if you fast long enough, you're going to sense weakness. There's an emptying, there's a lowering that goes with that. I'm just trying to help somebody here that wants to get serious tonight about learning what it means to be humble. Through fasting, through prayer, through the word of God. How about by yielding to the Holy Spirit and by walking in the Spirit? The Holy Spirit on the inside. And I'm not trying to preach the whole Bible tonight, but I think these are all part of people that have a humble spirit. Watch. It's when the Holy Spirit is the one that's given the direction and you're following. You ever mess around with Syria? You know, hey, Syria, give me directions or whatever. And then you're going to take those directions and not really. And we go around what Siri says and it'll say on the phone, recalculating, right? Recalculating. And, and they're going to give a different direction. Holy Spirit of God, steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Watch, God's trying to direct you day by day, give you providential divine appointments. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Stay with me. We humble ourselves by giving God praise. You say, where does that come from? Because it's the number one command of the Word of God is to praise God. Number one, do you praise God? Some people think they don't need to. You do. We humble ourselves by admitting our faults. We humble ourselves by being willing to suffer. I'm going to preach the rest of my message in five minutes. So I want you to listen intently for five minutes. You've done a phenomenal job listening. It's not an entertaining message. It's just straight at you coming right out of the gate. Colossians 3.12 says that we're to put on humbleness of mind. Humbleness of mind. I'm talking about where our thoughts are truly humble. Acts 20 and verse 19, Paul served with all humility of mind. All humility of mind. We're not supposed to search out our own glory. Proverbs 25, 27. You're not supposed to be looking for applause. Romans eleven twenty. Be not high-minded. One of the signs of the last time, 2 Timothy 3, 4, is that people will be high-minded. 1 Corinthians 4, 6, the idea would be puffed up. And sometimes we can camouflage our pride, but God knows all about it. He'll lift us up. I want God to lift me up. I don't mean so that I can get glory. 
but so that Jesus can get the glory for my story. I'm talking about when he lifts us up over sin and we live victoriously. I'm talking about where he lifts us up and where he doesn't have to chasten us, but we're in obedience. I'm talking about where he lifts us up above our enemies that are spiritual warfare enemies. I'm talking about where he lifts us up and instead of you loving the world, instead of you following the world, you're living for the eternity. I'm talking about where he lifts you up and blesses you with a family and he lifts you up and he gives you influence and fruit and ministry and ultimately like the throne behind me, ultimately he lifts you up and gives you a great judgment seat of Christ. Young people, the goal for each one of you is for you to have a great judgment seat of Christ. And you can't do it without living in a spirit of humility. Proverbs 15, 33, before honor is humility. 1 Peter 5, 5, be clothed with humility. Jesus, you think about that idea of clothes, like me putting on this jacket tonight. Jesus girded himself with a towel of humility in his service. Be clothed with humility. How about towards your parents? Oh, where'd that come from? Watch this. Honor thy father and thy mother. Over and over in the word of God, five times, honor thy father and thy mother. If you're not right with your parents, you're not right with God. And you know why some of you aren't right, right with your parents? Because of the pride in your heart. Come, get, get, sit up. Everybody sit up. Come on, come on. I want you to hear what I just said there. Hey, I said you dishonor your parents. You're not right with God. And it's pride. Pride. And in your family, only by pride cometh contention. Be clothed with humility towards the authorities in your life, towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. The truest gauge of our humility is our submission to God's spirit and God's scriptures. Go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, three minutes, thank you. Matthew 11. Matthew 11. I said early on, one of the definition words for humility is meekness. Meekness is a great word in the Bible. I have a whole message I could preach about it, but won't tonight. Meekness. We think meek and think weak. That's not what it is. It's humble, lowly in mind, having a gentle spirit, patient, patient when injured by others, having our authority under the Holy Spirit's control. Meekness is our practical humility. It's our demonstrated humility. It's how we deal with people day to day. Let me ask you a question. You always get in fights with people? You're just chippy? Well, you know, it's my Irish temper. What kind of stupid statement is that? It's your stinking pride. Forgive me for the word stinking. I probably wasn't supposed to say that. Forgive me. Pastor Wilkerson would not do that. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for, talk to me, I am meek. Would you mark that? Let me ask you a question. Who said these words together out loud? Jesus, if you didn't know, haven't figured it out yet. Jesus said, I'm meek. Remember how he said to be a Christian, truly Christ-like, a Christ follower? He humbled himself. Here he says, I am meek. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you meek? I'm talking about as you deal with your other people in the YouTube. Well, I just don't get along with her. Well, why are you so proud? Well, only by pride cometh contention. Sure, right? Why are you fighting with your parents? Why are you giving them a bunch of mouth? Why do you think that you're right to not listen to the youth pastor? How come you sat in the back of the bus on the way here and were critical about where they stopped to eat on the way here? Well, I thought we were going to Chick-fil-A. I went to ghetto McDonald's. What is that all about? Da, 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 da. Well, when you surrender your life and become the youth pastor, you can pick the restaurant. But for right now, how about you just humble yourself? 
Amen. By the way, you seventh graders, you hear that in the back of the bus, you stand up on the seat and you say, he's talking about the youth pastor back here. Amen. Seventh graders, find your voice. Meet Christians. Are you a meek Christian? I'm done. You've listened well. Here was the thought God put in my heart. And I've just tried to give you some scriptures that would line up with it. And the scriptures that he put in my heart. Humble yourselves. It's a command. It's a choice. In the sight of the Lord, God is the one who's watching. And he shall lift you up. You know, I think when I think he shall lift you up in the context of this youth conference, he'll use your life to count for eternity. 